A warm welcome as Stephen comes up to share this morning. Do you want a translator, Stephen? Do you want a translator? Are you okay? No. I'm okay, thanks. Good morning, everyone. Is everyone good? Good. So now I used to... In fact, you guys dread at the back, all good? I used to... Um, take part in, in um, competitive fighting and started as a little boy in kickboxing and then taekwondo and then I moved on to Thai boxing and they, those fights became full contact and you, you went through all the nerves and emotions that you could think of as you were potentially going to get your face caved in by your opponent and I'm telling you for preaching it's just the same battle and the same emotions, and the same, yeah, <laughs> it is outrageous. So to the guys, I say this every time, but to the guys who do this on a weekly basis, uh, we really do not realize what they go through. So uh, we're so grateful for our speakers. So um, I'm going to do a talk on children of light um, and we're going to talk about some stuff as Christians and uh, on the journey and uh, I'm using my iPad which may not seem like a big deal but we were in Sweden last week and I left it first of all in somebody's house and we had to go back um, to get it and in the next um, day we were heading back home from Vastras to Stockholm from the, on a bus to, to get the plane and uh, in, in my madness I left it on the bus <laughs> and uh, we got off the bus and went into the airport and we stood at the door and uh, we used the bathrooms before we made the next step of our journey so about 20 minutes had passed and I came out the toilets and you know that, you know when you get that, that thought that you've done something and you've left something and you try to reason with yourself that you haven't actually done it but you know deep down that you have done it. Well, I walked out the bathrooms and just put my hands on my head and said my iPad is on that bus. And so it was. It's a black case and it was a black seat and it was it was very easy to leave so I just went into um, defeat mode and thought I'll have to get one at duty free not that I'm uh, well off enough to buy iPads just like that but I thought I need an iPad I'm maybe just gonna have to buy the latest one but um, <laughs> so Hannah came up with this great suggestion that possibly, because we'd got off at the wrong terminal, that we could catch it at the next one. So Michael and I ran off to try and find an info desk. I'd, I'd actually phoned the company at this point, my iPad's on the bus. Just send an email, describe it, and I said, you don't understand, this will be so much easier to sort out now if you just help me find this bus. And she says, well, I cannot tell you where the bus is. I said, I understand. So, uh, so Zara and Hannah did this outrageously crazy thing, and they says, we're going to pray. I mean, who prays when you're missing an iPad, eh? Good, faithful people, that's who pray. So Michael and I did the, the more manly thing and went on a, on, a, on a journey, and we ran down the stairs to the info point, and I was explaining my situation, and there was a window 
probably where that door is possibly, and Michael just seen the 866 go past on the bus. That was our bus, and he just took off like James Bond on a mission. <laughs> and I didn't even know he'd left. I was still trying to explain my situation to the lady. <laughs> and then Michael came in just holding the <laughs> The power of prayer. There's the seven. I'm just going to wrap it up right there. The power of prayer. God is in favor of Apple and iPads. If that was Android, it would have been a different story. <laughs> he would have just let that bus roll right on out of there. <laughs> so, what is a child of God? Is what we're going to be speaking on today. And I've got a little video um, as well to show. So, um, a child of God, we know that, or we as Christians know, that God created every one of us. Fearfully and wonderfully, the Bible says that each one of us is a unique creation um, from God who knew us in, before the world was even created. He knew that in this precise moment today that you would sit in the chair that you're sitting in, you'd be wearing the clothes that you have, and you'd be holding your app, iPads and devices. And but a child of God is something a little bit different. It's someone who believes in Jesus, some, that he's the son of God and that he died for our sins and that God raised him from the dead. And a child of God also acknowledges that they carry a sinful nature. We're born with a sinful nature and we need to repent, asking Jesus for forgiveness. And then from this point on, we aim to please God by living a pure and righteous life. And uh, on our own strength, that would probably, probably be impossible to try and please God on our own strength. But when we receive Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit. And that's when everything changes. That's when our lives change. That's when people like Jan can stand up here and testify to the end of drug addictions and to a change of life and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, this talk was inspired by a two-year-old's birthday party, so we're just going to go with it. But I was at a party, well, Amelia was at a party, and we were just uh, mingling with 20-odd two-year-olds running about. And I just thought, man, it's so difficult to keep 20 kids happy. How does God keep all of his children happy? And then this is where this kind of sermon came from. So now that we've been forgiven, child of God, we have received Jesus, we've been given the Holy Spirit, we now hold that power within our very own bodies. And you've heard, you've heard the expression, maybe for some vain guys at the gym, that my body is a temple. Mine's currently is not in that, position, that place, but maybe if I get my Insanity DVD back, I could make that happen. But... That's actually people quoting the Bible because the Bible says that our bodies become temples of the Holy Spirit. They used the Old Testament, they had the tabernacle. Now we are, have the Holy Spirit inside of each one of us. And I realize that there's probably some of you guys who are still on a journey that you are maybe undecided or unsure or haven't even come across an invitation to know Jesus and to ask him into your life and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But it is God's heart that everyone is saved. 
It's his heart, his loving, tenderly heart that every one of us, everyone in this land, whether it's Muslims, whether it's fighters doing horrific things, it's God's heart that everybody gets saved. And it says that in 2 Peter 3 verse 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand it to be. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And that scripture was written for the Christians who were being persecuted to encourage them that Jesus had said, I'm coming back, and it was to keep them going that he will come back. But it's in his perfect timing, and it's not in our timing. And sometimes we want things to happen a little bit differently. But you may also hear that people who question God and challenge God will say that, you know, if God is real and he's so loving, why does he not stop the evil now? Or why does he allow it in the first place? If this God of yours, you Christians, if this God is so loving and so um, caring for people, why does he stand back and watch the world suffer from evil and sickness and war and famine and the curse of um, a sinful nature? And, uh, and Peter is telling us that God is waiting patiently because he wants everyone to be saved. It's so that the door is open for those who have not yet responded to the gospel, that he is waiting for people who have yet to hear the gospel, because when the door closes, it closes for good. And what we're being told here in the scripture is that uh, through God's love, we, that um, through his love, he's doing things in his perfect time. And I got a little bit lost there, but um, yeah, so that's why um, the question we may come across, and um, Jesus, for anyone who has come and repented and accepted, the, the, the Bible talks about our eyes and our ears being covered or, or with scales, and that they fall off, and that we see things in a new light when we, with faith, open our eyes to Jesus, and he washes us clean, and he gives us a new nature. And some of you will remember that day. Do you remember the day that Jesus saved you? The day that you stepped out? The day that you raised your hand and cried out and said, Jesus, I give you full control of my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Do you remember that day, that happy and joyful day? I would love to start singing, oh, happy day right now. <laughs> and I, I forgot the words. Do you know what? what? Oh, Sarah, how's it Oh, happy day. Come on. <laughs> oh, happy day. When Jesus was. Come on. When Jesus was. He washed my sins away. Amen. Come on. Is that not a joyful day? A joyful day indeed. And I'm not joining the worship team. <laughs> so, I'm going to read a rather large scripture. I, I, I try to keep it as short as I could. Um, but it's Ephesians verse 4. And it starts off with a title, which is different in my Bible than it was when I researched it. <laughs> uh, it's 
children of the light, children of light. So, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. When you heard about Christ and were taught on him in accordance with the truth, that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that I may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom we were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Convicted, 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 convicted. I don't know about you guys. I'm going to show a video. If David wants to get that ready for us. Just a couple of minutes. And uh, when we're watching it, I want to ask if you might think that there's a little bit of that girl in you. And you'll see what I mean when the video starts. But keep that question in mind. Is there a little bit of that girl in me? Okay, David. Emma, these past seven months have been incredible. And I mean, honestly, when I saw you seven months ago, I knew, I knew from that moment that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you. You're kind, beautiful, smart. I, I can't picture a more perfect woman. So, Emma, Lily Thompson, will you marry me? Yes, 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 yes. 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 I have to see other guys on the side, but yes. Wait, what? Uh, what are the guys? What, what are you talking about? I'm the perfect woman. Just like you said, I'm going to have gourmet meals for us every single night. Our house is going to be perfect. Oh, it's going to be amazing, babe. And I mean, you don't really expect me to be a one-man kind of woman anyway. Uh, no, that's actually, like, a, a a big part of marriage. Like, you and me. Together. Yeah, but I can't give up every guy. I mean, that's asking a little much, don't you think? A, a little... A little... I just asked you to marry me. If we're married, you can't see anyone else. That, that No, that, that's... Babe, not, wait. Okay, I'm, okay I'm shh. It's okay. Listen to me. Listen to me. Look at me. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. You're right. I was wrong. Thank I you. totally understand where you're coming from. This is our moment, and we're going to be so happy together every single day, except once a week. Well, uh, once a week? Okay. What, Just no. a fling, once a did week. You, did you not listen to anything I said? No. On a what? leap year? 
No. Okay, Emma, I, I, I can't. I, I can't. Once a week on a leap year, and you're gonna freak out. Emma, we're we're done. What? Babe, you were just asking me to marry you. Are you kidding me? Seriously? Thanks, guys. All right, a wee bit of, a wee bit of fun. Imagine proposing to somebody and then hearing that back to you. Would that not be outrageous? I'd probably give her a leg and a wing back down the hill that she had just climbed up in Jesus' name. There you go. But when I asked that question, is there a little bit of that in us? When we... When we become Christians and children of light and children of God, we, we basically make a promise to God that we are turning from our existing ways and we're going to start doing things through Him, that things that please Him, doing things in His timing, doing things according to the Bible. And we start a relationship, and God is a very loving God, but He's also a very jealous God that He's not willing to share us with anything. And... It's in Ephesians 4, even some of these things, I mean, we talk, I mean, while we're on the subject of the sex thing, I mean, God's very strict and high standards of that we keep ourselves pure until marriage. That's a, a very um, real thing. Some people think that it's okay if we love the person, that we can do things in our timing, but God is protecting us from so many things. And that's just one of the things. In Ephesians 4, it talked about hard hearts, loss of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, indulging in impurity, full of greed, anger, unwholesome talk, bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, every form of malice. That was just listed in Ephesians 4. And the girl wanted commitment, but she wanted it on her terms. And God wants our whole hearts. He wants every single bit of us to seek his kingdom in full and to forget about the rest and God will give us the desires of our heart. Are we sometimes a little bit guilty of being like that girl where we chase our other things, where we bring other things along with us, the baggage to our relationship? It may be a hunger for money. It may be a, a desire to do many different things. Anything that we put before God is being like that girl in that video. Um, the things that are listed in Ephesians 4 are meant to be left behind at the cross and as we walk in the light in a new beginning. But we have to be careful. We have to be careful that we do not slip back into our old nature. The Bible is described as our food our daily bread. I once watched one of these programs that talks about um, the world's craziest predictions. And one of the top 100 craziest predictions was a man predicted that there would come a day, which I believe probably passed, that we would not need food. We would take a pill and our Nutritional needs would be satisfied, and I love going to McDonald's for chips. Just, just the chips. There's something about those salty chips. I bet everyone here is going to go to McDonald's when I've finished. 
Yes, there'll be no chips when I get there, but the salty chips. My daughter has developed a wee taste. She's not allowed salty chips when mum is there, but when it's just daddy, just a wee, just a wee bit of salty chips. So imagine, could you imagine if this guy's prediction was right, that we rolled up to McDonald's and the lady or the guy says, can I take your order, please? Yes, thank you. I'd love a Big Mac tasting pill. Uh, with fry tasting pill and a McFlurry tasting pill for my dessert. And we would take our pill and somehow be satisfied. And I'm so glad that that guy's prediction was ridiculous. Extremely glad. But sometimes we want the wisdom of God, the understanding of what the Bible is saying, but we want it like a pill. We just want to have a quick browse or a quick squint or go on Google and just look at a scripture. But God's telling us that this is our daily bread, that through reading this, he will feed our souls and we will be satisfied. We will learn. We, we can receive wisdom and it will keep us on the right track, which is very important for our walk with God. So the, Peter said in that scripture, he goes on to say that all these things will wage war against our soul. And I want to ask you a question. Are you aware that you're in a battle? Do you know that you are involved in a spiritual battle that rages against our very souls and everyone else's? Um, I know that I've seen that battle Sometimes, when I wasn't even a Christian, I've seen it. Um, you know, we see people's lives torn apart with drugs and drink and people committing adultery and family breakups and hatred and suicides and all kinds of evil. And I know that when I've grown up, I have witnessed that battle taking place. I, I witnessed it when two of my friends died from drugs. And one of those boys was just an innocent, happy guy who took one drug and then took another drug to counter the effects of the first, and he died of an overdose. He wasn't even out of his teenage years. Uh, I've seen it when another friend died to violence through excessive alcohol, drinking all day, one punch, and it was, uh, that was the end of his life. And I've seen it when another two of my friends committed suicide. They were both broken and damaged, and they both came from um, broken homes. And I seen that battle rage in their lives, but little did I know it back then as I myself was not a Christian and wasn't aware of um, Jesus and, and, and the Word of God. And I know that you've experienced this battle as well. Somewhere in your life you've experienced the battle that wages against our soul, that tries to destroy us and, uh, and others and... Um, we have an enemy in that battle. His name is Satan. And sometimes we can sound a little bit religious if we start speaking about this stuff, but he has his occupation on a daily basis to see you fall victim. He wants to see you trip up. He wants to deceive you and lure you into the things that go against what God is asking us, children of the light, to live by. He wants to, um, to go to war every day as a spiritual battle in our lives. And uh, Christian or no Christian, the power of darkness looked to tear up our lives. 
He, he hates you, by the way. He hates me, he hates you. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you are a satanic worshiper. He hates you. He can do nothing else but hate, kill, steal, and destroy. And he wages a battle against each one of us on a daily basis, especially the children of God. And he has power. He has clever plans. And he has an army of demons walking alongside him to try and achieve as much destruction as possible before his time is up. Because he has been defeated by Jesus at the cross. He is on limited, borrowed time. And we make his job easier when we open the door to sin. It's called a foothold in the Bible. We give him a foothold in our lives when we sin and do things that we are as children of God not meant to be doing. Um, we have the Holy Spirit, which is a much more powerful weapon than Satan will ever have. It's a spirit of strength, a spirit of might, a spirit that guides us, teaches us, gives us power, changes us, and humbles us. And on a daily basis, if we are reading this and praying and crying out to God through the presence and worshiping him, we will change bit by bit and gradually. And you might not notice those changes until further on. Who knows? Maybe you will. But one of the most important things that we have been given is authority. We have been given authority. In Luke 10, 18 and 19, Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And we need to ask sometimes where our spiritual life is just now. Is it non-existent? Do we just go through the emotions? Or are we like the disciples who celebrated as they cast out demons in the name of Jesus? You know that Satan's described as a snake in the Garden of Eden? And I want to talk about a book which I would strongly recommend every Christian to read at some point in their life, and it's by Jensen Franklin, and it's called Spirit of Python. And most snakes kill with the venom in their bite, but the python is different, and it slowly wraps itself around its victim, choking the life out of it. You could probably watch a video of that happening on, on YouTube or something. But the python coils itself around slowly, squeezing and squeezing, stopping the breath to its victim. And I want to ask you guys if your prayer life has dried up. Have you lost the joy of serving and have you lost the joy of praise and worship? Have you become a little bit dried up inside where we're not the joyful, oh, happy day Christians that we possibly should be living. And Satan will try and get us to think that it's all us, it's all our own doing that we are like that. It's our fault that we have become like that. But what's happening is he's possibly slowly wrapping himself around your spiritual life until you've either become sleepy or even spiritually dead. And I, I want to speak from what's my heart is it's time to take back our authority 
And a, a, a small story on a Friday night, as Fridays can be long days for Sarah and I and, and the other youth leaders after your work. There's a little turnaround at home before we're back out again. And we always are so blessed to have a babysitter coming. Zara will go to youth and I'll stay back because I'm usually just getting in at that point. And I'll try and take care of Amelia and get my dinner and get changed. And something didn't seem right. You know, sometimes in your house it can feel that like something's just not quite right. There's something possibly in the atmosphere. And I had gave Amelia a little a bath. And from that moment on, um, I was I was actually speaking that night at Synergy as well. So there was a lot happening uh, in my in my mind. And so we gave her I gave her a bath and something just changed. She went from being quite relaxed and happy to um, just upset and not herself and out of character. And so I would take her out the bath and I'd turn around to get her towel and she'd be back in the bath with no water. She'd be crying and rolling about. And then I finally managed to get her in the bedroom and she would not let me get her clothes on her or her nappy. That's dangerous. We have a white carpet and you never know. You never know. So she is screaming by this point. She is refusing point blank to let me go anywhere near her. I have got, to, I'm still in my work clothes. I've got to get ready. And she pushed me to the point where I wanted to discipline her. She pushed me to that point where I thought, I need to take my authority here and show her who's boss. And I just got this sense that I should pray. And so I began to pray, and at this point she's in our, uh, we have a, a sliding mirror, and it's like a small, it's a wardrobe, if you like, a kind of walking wardrobe, and she is ripping the clothes out, screaming and having a full-blown tantrum while she's still naked in my bedroom, and she's going mad. So I said, Amelia, Daddy's just going to start praying, okay? So I begin to pray, and we begin to thank God, and we begin to um, speak good things that God does in our lives. And I prayed for a few minutes and she's still screaming. She's still, you know, tearing this bedroom up. And I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, you need to pray in the spirit here. So I said, Amelia, Daddy's going to start praying in the spirit now. And so I began to pray in tongues. And in an instant, this calmness came in the room. And it felt like, a, it felt like lo love and peace just, just like swirling around, just slowly swirling around. And I started to pray in tongues, and I just felt this, something rise up within me. And I slowly started to walk towards this child who was screaming. And I just kept praying in the Spirit, and I just kept praying in the Spirit. And she got quieter and quieter. Until I could pick her up, I kept praying in the Spirit. And I just kept, she, she just changed in an instant. She, she calmed, she stopped, she, she cuddled in. And whatever was causing her to be like that just left in a moment. God spoke to me so powerfully in that moment that we have the authority that sometimes we want to act in our flesh, but we need to speak out in the spirit. We need to take up this authority that we have been given. And God's given us many weapons He's given us the word of God. He's given us the gift of prayer. He's given us the gift of praying in the spirit. He's also given us the gift of worship. And Satan wants to choke all these things out of our lives so we become dried up, shriveled up, unhappy, 
hard-hearted Christians. He is at work to make, to achieve that in our lives on a daily basis. And we see it in our churches. We see it in around so many people with heavy hearts. And like, sometimes we couldn't tell the difference between the saved and the unsaved. But it's because we, we ha- I'm not wanting to make anyone feel bad. What I'm trying to do is make us aware that Satan is at work to get us to that place. And uh, we need the Holy Spirit's anointing oil in our lives. We need to be constantly praying out, worshiping, and speaking the good things of God, the promises of God that we've been speaking about. And there's a scene um, that I like. It's in the Gladiator. And I wonder sometimes if this is where it can stem from. And they've won the battle. In the movie, it's at the start, they've won the battle, and, and, and some times went past, it's a long, hard winter, and one of Caesar's um, officials asks the general, who's Russell Crowe, how are the men doing? They haven't been fighting for a while. He says they're getting fat and bored. They're trained to fight, but they're just lazing around, stuck in this camp. And sometimes I wonder if we're in danger of becoming the same, that we get fed every week at church, but we're not living it out. We're not fighting the good fight. We're not sharing the gospel, praying for the sick, and encouraging the hurting and the broken. And when we step away from that, we become dried up, and we maybe possibly create a spiritual foothold. We just slip into the normality, and we're not living the excitement of the the, the kingdom of God, the unknown, what can happen next. And maybe, where's young Alison? Maybe he could come up and play the keys for us. He's a gifted boy. Look at this. He gets smarter and more grown up every time. Already a rocking synergy. Listen to what he's about to do. He's going to welcome the Holy Spirit with the touch of a, or the press of a key. So the Holy Spirit today is calling each one of us forward, ready to equip us and lead us to the behind enemy lines, the excitement of living as a child of God should, going into the darkness with the gospel, going into hurting homes and broken homes with hope. And we spoke about Satan in the Garden of Eden when he, he deceived Adam and Eve. He said that if they eat the fruit, you'll become all knowledgeable. You'll become like immortal. You'll become like God himself. So they fell victim to his lies. But the funny thing is, is they already had those things. They already had authority. They got to name all the animals. They got to name everything. God gave them full rule of the Garden of Eden. They were already living um, in an immortal life, if I, how I should explain that. They already had that. They weren't living under the curse of sin and death. And they walked beside God in the Garden of Eden. Satan tried to offer them that through his deception. He wanted them to think that if they did what he said, they would have that. But they actually already did have it.
They handed it all over when they disobeyed God. But Jesus, through the power of the cross, restored that. He restored it when he paid the price for our sin. And Satan knows it. But we have been given that authority back as children of light to take the gospel and the good news, to see people being healed and to see demons being cast out. But Satan wants to wrap himself around us. He wants to restrict us. He wants to choke us so that we become useless and ineffective in the kingdom of God. Jesus restored all that in his name. We've been given the power through his name and the Holy Spirit to change. Mark 16, verse 15 to 20 said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these things will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. They will, when, when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up to heaven and sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. It's been demonstrated, it's been shown, people have went before us and done it, and I want to encourage us as the children of God and the children of light to get back into the fight of God, to resist the temptations of Satan, to walk away from worldly things that will become a wedge between us and God, and to rise up through the power of the Holy Spirit, take our authority in Jesus and see our city of Dunfermline being changed. I don't know if you guys are up for such a challenge and why don't we stand up and turn the lights off guys and let's just take a moment, take a moment. Maybe, just maybe, you have related to some of the things that we've said. Do you know my prayer life has dried up? I've heard that voice speak to me saying that if my friends won't listen to me when I preach the gospel, my prayers won't be heard up in heaven. Maybe that voice of doubt that tries to stop us from speaking out anything, the, the, the spirit of Python wrapping himself around us, you're not going to be able to pray for anybody and see them healed. You can't be forgiven for what you've done. You're nothing in the kingdom of God. The lies that get spoken. And we, we subtly, he wraps himself around us and we begin to believe these things. But that's not what children of God are. That's not what, how children of the light live. We have our power. We have authority. We have Jesus living with inside of us. Come on. Jesus living inside of us. Why doesn't the whole band come back up? Jesus living inside of us, who has given us permission to invade the dark areas in our city. We have to hold steadily to what has been promised. Mark 16, verse 15 to 20 is our homework that Jesus has went before us 
going to pray. If you've been that person who's dried up, you've, your heart's possibly hardened, you forgot what that fresh taste is, the Holy Spirit, when we experience Him in worship, when we pray and we're brought to tears, when we look at people through the eyes of Jesus and our hearts can only be broken with a loving compassion. Does that speak to you this morning? Have we slipped into that place? Have we allowed a foothold for Satan to disable us from being an effective Christian? And maybe you're here this morning and you've never responded to the gospel of Jesus. Sometimes it can can be delivered in a way that it's like a secret millionaires club that if we give our lives to Jesus all these good things will happen but in actual fact the Bible says that we'll experience similar things the, the persecution and but what Jesus offers through the gospel is as a as a as a way out of sin a life in eternity safe in his hands maybe this morning you want Jesus. Maybe you have tried for so long on your own strength to battle things and to achieve things, but it's through the power of the Holy Spirit and the victory of Jesus at the cross that we can boldly come to Him, asking Him for forgiveness and accepting the Holy Spirit as we change. Zara, why don't you come up and pray for the guys and She's a prayer warrior. For a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit and whatever's on your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Father God, I pray that you would just come right now and we just invite your Holy Spirit just to come and bring peace to every single heart right now, to come and to speak to each one of your children, Father. Each person here is your child, your precious son and daughter, and you here with your love just now, God. And Father, I pray for those that maybe don't know you this morning, God. Father, I pray that you would just bring your love and you would bring your peace and you'd bring faith to their hearts right now to know that you love and that you transform and you bring light into our lights and into our situations, God. So Father God, I just pray for each single person. I thank you for Stephen's message this morning, God. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us to to walk away from the darkness. God, I pray that you would help us to step up in faith and that you'd help us to, to believe in who you've created us to be, God, that we would no longer walk in our own strength, but we would walk in your strength, God. Father, I pray for a fight in our spirit, God, Father, that we, would, we wouldn't give up, but we would pick our swords up, Father, every single day, but in your name, God, with your Holy Spirit, God, nothing is impossible, God, that you'd raise us up to be mighty men and women of God, Father, that we would have strength and that 
authority in Jesus' name, God, to say no to darkness, to say no to the things that are pulling us down, that we say no to them right now in Jesus' name, that the things that are pulling you down, let's come on, church, let's take up authority this morning and say, do you know what? I've had enough of you. I've had enough. And I say to you, no this morning, discouragement. I say no to you, doubt and distraction and sin and things that are pulling me down. I've had enough of you. And that fight would rise up within us and taking up our authority in Jesus' name to say, Holy Spirit, I believe in you. I believe that you can transform my situation right now. I believe that you can come and bring healing to my heart. I believe that you can transform me in Jesus' name. I pray for faith to rise once again within the church, for faith to rise in hearts, for hope to rise up once again, God. You'd raise us up, Lord Jesus. You'd raise us up, that we would lift our heads up high. We would no longer raise them down, but we would look up unto you, up into the heavens, up into the heavens. We would raise our our, our hearts. You would raise our, our faith levels, God, that you would sweep across the church, God. And I believe that you're doing something powerful in this church and in this time and in this moment that you, the, the fire of God is here with us this morning. And Holy Spirit, I believe that you're touching hearts here this morning and you're speaking to your people. And I pray that we just open up our hearts, that we didn't hold back, we didn't let fear in the way, but we would reach out to you this, this, this morning, God. And as we finish in this song, Father, I pray we'd open up our hearts to you, that you would come and do something powerful in our hearts this morning, that we would be hungry and hungry and hungry for more of you, God, this morning. As we reach out to you, come Holy Spirit and fill us afresh, God. Come Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Father.